This program is sponsored by Wicked, Chronic, and Natick, Massachusetts. Located in 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell him Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. Dead TV podcast, which put which broadcast it is recorded in the home of the New England Patriots, who just won their sixth Super Bowl. I am your host, Doctor Chris, and I'm Mr. Seneca. And tonight we are not talking about the New England Patriots' win over the uh, <laughs> L.A. Rams in Super Bowl number fifty-three, thirteen to three, by the greatest of all time, who spilled the blood of the Rams in order to win the Super Bowl. We're talking about Dracula, <laughs> episode six. Mr. Seneca has the episode synopsis for us. Dracula, episode 6 of Monsters and Men, originally aired December 6, 2013. Browning sets out to prove once and for all that Grayson is the master vampire stalking London by hosting a board meeting outdoors in the sunlight. Grayson and Van Helsing seek to acquire the final component to make their wireless electricity technology a success to be witnessed. Meanwhile, Mina and Harker consummate their love not knowing that Lord Davenport plots to destroy the object that Grayson loves most, Mina. Now, we haven't talked about this that much, um, about Dracula's uh, wireless technology, which sounds like Wi-Fi, but it's not. It's wireless electricity, which we don't even have here in the current 21st century of the year 2019 at the time that we're recording this. So if you're listening to this podcast in about 50 years and Mr. Zeneca and I are old and gray or dead, and the Patriots have won another 25 Super Bowls, <laughs> um, because the greatest of all time will never die, because Tom Brady still looks... Tom Brady, by the way, is basically Mr. Grayson. Because... <laughs> 
17 years ago when he won the Super Bowl, beating the Rams in 2002, uh, the year after 9-11, he looks exactly like the way he does today. Could Tom Brady be <gasps> Dracula? Wait, hold on, I got a sting, 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 sting sound. It's a possibility. Uh, well, I mean, if he really got the cure to sunlight, maybe. Well, don't forget, the Super Bowl's played at night. Hmm. Yeah, but practices are during the day. Yeah, topical cream. Very well used <laughs> in Blade. SPF 150. But think about that. Tom Brady was 22-something, 23, 24 years old. 23 years old when he was playing in 2001. And he's playing just as he's good as he was then as he is now. He has to be a supernatural creature of some kind. Maybe this is a discussion for the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, which is hosted by me and Mel Heflin, who are both New England Patriot fans. <laughs> you can attest any sort of supernatural power to this as you will, but they might just be very good players. Mm, I think there's <laughs> something else going on. So um, we open up with Dracula outside, but it's a dream. <laughs> Immediately. Well, yeah, like a fantasy sequence. Dracula outside. If we didn't see the lead up to that, you know, yeah. It was dead giveaway, fantasy sequence. Okay, what we haven't really talked about, what I was trying to get to before I made uh, my um, love of Tom Brady very well known, is that this is very much like steampunk in a way. It, it, it pour, uh, oh, yes! Wireless electricity is steampunk. That is not reality. That is a completely fictional thing. Is it something we're working on today? I have no idea. Um, is it something they have tried to work on? I have no idea. But we, need, we there is no wireless technology. Uh, sorry, wireless electric. Excuse me. There is no wireless electricity. Correct. Well, uh, what this is basically based off of is the work of Nikola Tesla, and he uh, a Tesla coil can submit electrical current through the air and have it demonstrable as you see there. Uh, what differs between a Tesla coil of a major size and the geomagnetic field thing that he's trying to do? I have no idea. It looks kind of similar to me. I am not an electrician, so I really don't know the difference as to what they're trying to do. But in this ep in the show, uh, the Order of the Dragon are behind the oil and gas industry, and it it's just kind of weird that like it's the he's trying to overcome the oil and gas industry, but yet as you know in the year 2019, we know that the oil and gas industry won. So this is not a a battle that he's going to actually win. This won't eventually be successful uh, if they're using, you know, our timeline along with this uh, show's timeline. Mm -hmm. I find that interesting, but this is a completely... I mean, everything in here is just kind of washed with the whole steampunk wash to it. The gears and Tesla coils, I mean, it's, it's steampunk everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Order of the Dragons talking about Grayson. Now, one thing we also should point out, they don't ever say that Grayson is Dracula. They don't know that Dracula has returned. The only person who does uh, is um, uh, Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Yeah, Van Helsing and, and Renfield. He, yeah. They are the only two that know that the vampire, that the 
order is hunting is Count Dracula. And I, and I think that Lady Jane unfortunately finds out uh, too late, as well as other people. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's the the worst vampire hunter ever. <laughs> you know, how can you not, when after sex with your lover, put your head on their chest and listen to their heartbeat? He has no heartbeat. How has she not seen this or, or heard this? I mean, he must be drinking up some blood before he bangs her, so... So at least his skin is warm. Yeah, I mean, you can feel your pulse in your penis. Yeah. I mean, so, I can. I mean, when you have an erection, you have a pulsating pe- uh, a pulse in there. I mean, you can't really feel it when it's uh, soft, but when you're fully erect, you can clearly feel a pulse in the penis because the blood is pumping into it or like in the crotch region and stuff like that. I don't understand how this works with vampires in the Anne Rice novels. Interview with the vampire and and the vampire list that vampires can't have sex. I mean, they have no circulation, really. That's that's what the point of uh, Anne Rice has has made. Um, That's why you never see like in the two movies, Interview with the Vampire or or the Queen of the Damned, anyone have sex. Now, I wonder if this is going to carry over into the TV series, which is coming up soon. Uh, Sometime in 2019, The Vampire Chronicles is launching, with the showrunner being Christopher Rice. I don't know. I I hope they do Vampire's Justice. Well, it will be based on the novels. It will be actually based on the original novels. I mean, clearly they're going to take some liberties with them, like Game of Thrones has, but they said they're going to, with Christopher Rice in charge and Son, they're going to be as close to the novels as they can get. I don't yeah, but you can what, totally screw up on a makeup job. I don't know what uh, network is doing it. I have heard it's the CW, but I don't think that's true because the CW currently has Legacies, which is the va- the Vampire Diary show uh, spinoff, and they're going to be launching the Lost Boys TV series soon. So I don't think they're going to have a third vampire show, but they also have seven freaking superhero shows, but they are a WB network, so who knows? Uh, but the Vampire Diaries... Uh, sorry, the Vampire Chronicles, the Anne Rice story, is coming soon. So. Yes. And the BBC has Dracula coming as well. Uh, yet another one. Another one, which we talked about <laughs> before. Um, so they order a bottle of 11, 1811 Chateau Mondeau, uh between uh, uh, Dracula and Smurfette. Um, what type of wine, what type of, what type of alcohol is that, do you know? You're more of an alcohol carnivore than me. Uh, I really don't know if that would be a red or a white. Okay. Uh, you know, I'd have to look up the exact chateau, and that wasn't one of the points I looked up this week. I wonder what type of uh, I wonder what type of wine drinker Tom Brady is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could probably Google that. <laughs> probably. Um, the l- 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 Lady J's dress. <sighs> Enough said. My side. Im- impeccable. Fine. Impeccable. Yeah, impeccable. Uh, Lena Luther, uh, a.k.a. Lucy Westenner, comes over. So very beautiful. But Lady J notices that she she longs for um, uh, her friend, Mina. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of, like, doesn't seduce her herself, but, like, tells her, you should totally try and get with Mina while Mina is, like, having dinner with Jonathan and... Dracula comes over and is just like, 
whatever you want. It's on me. Totally fine. Because I totally want to get with your wife, and it's the only way I can do it. So everything you want. And I love Mina's line saying, I wonder how much of Mr. Grayson's wallet we can drink tonight. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. I love that line. And it it just goes to... Uh, it begs me to think of, like, what would be the most expensive drink that they could actually buy? Like, you know, of the of the time era, you know, what would be the most expensive drink? Would it be, like, um, uh, Louis XIV, uh, I think it's a cognac or a brandy? Would it be something like that? I'm not sure. Like, uh, today you can get, uh, like, a Diva vodka for a million dollars. Wow. Or... Delmore 62 for $215,000. Like, there is wildly expensive drinks, but prices in the 1890s I could not actually find. Hmm. I'm sure that they could have drunk a pretty penny worth of alcohol, but I could not actually put any figures to that. Um, of course, Mina and uh, Jonathan get so drunk, and Jonathan walks her home as a gentleman should... And, uh, Mina Well, they're walking back to their own home, oh, so. That's right. They oh. live together. They live together. They're living in sin. But they're not, li- but they're not sleeping together yet until tonight. Correct. They do not have sex until tonight. As she. I. I, I honestly don't know how they would be able to stand it. <laughs> they would sleep in separate rooms. Don't forget, people. Don't forget, you would never have a couple sleeping in the same bed together. You know, for for quite some time. Do you even? By the way, do you know what the first couple was on television to ever sleep in the same bed together? Uh, sleep in the same bed. That was uh, the Munsters. No. No. It was the Flintstones. It's animated. It that matter. doesn't count. It doesn't. Yes, it. Yes, it does. It completely <laughs> counts. No television show or cartoon had ever depicted a couple sleeping in the same bed together until. Fred and Wilma had pebbles. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. I mean, I always consider the monsters because that was the first live action. Didn't we ever see the Adams family sleeping in the same day together? Gomez and no. Morticia. We never saw Gomez and Morticia sleeping together. Um, like I, they clearly do, were like fucking around. I mean, how how often they were on top of each other, and he was always like kissing her. Do you stuff. do you remember what their bedroom looks like? I, I have not watched The Addams Family consecutively, unlike what okay. we're about to do coming up very soon, in a very long time. And even yeah. then, I've never, I don't think I have ever watched every single episode of The Addams Family. I think I've watched it in sporadicness. I, you know, I could be, I could stand to be corrected when we get to an episode that shows it. But in my knowledge, I do not remember ever seeing their bedroom. Hmm. Okay. Um, and that's probably just based on the the show's context or the comic strips never having ever shown them having sex. In the movie, I think we've seen them, right? Yeah, in the movie, you definitely see the bedroom because the first movie opens up and Morticia's laying in the bed. And she's like, last night you were unhinged. You're like some desperate howling demon. You frightened me. Do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> uh, but uh, so Mina disrobes, and her and Jonathan have sex. It's kind of a romantic scene. It is. It is. But then, right in the next morning, Jonathan suggests they just elope, 
you know, to basically deny her the fancy wedding and all of their family. That reminds me of uh, um, Andy and uh, what's her name? Uh, Amy on uh, Parks and Recreation. You know, I never got into that show. Oh, I have gotten hooked on Parks and Rec. Um, I I've always liked. I mean, I've never I never really knew who Chris Chris Pratt was until Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One and Two, and then Jurassic World and Jurassic World Two and the Avengers Infinity War, and now I'm into Parks and Rec. Yeah, I I watched first season and I just couldn't get into it. Oh yeah, I trust me. I I tried it in the first episode and I was like, eh, and then I really started getting into it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, character is April. April and Andy's character, Audrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the star of the show, Amy Poehler, um, is I think just goofy fun. Oh, she's hilarious. Um. She would fit on that TV series, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, that they're about to start. What We Do in the Shadows? Yeah, there's a TV series coming on FX. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I have not watched the trailer for it yet. I don't know who's involved in it from the movie. i got to assume Taika Watiki is at least like somewhat involved in the creative process. But I am so psyched that they're turning what we do in the shadows into a TV series based on that hilarious vampire movie, which if you haven't seen, stop listening to this podcast and go watch what we do in the shadows. It is one of the best vampire comedies ever made. It's about a film crew that follows a vampire family around their night to night lives. (laughs) And it's directed uh, and stars uh, Taika Waititi, who is the director of Thor Ragnarok. Awesome. Yeah. You've never seen it? I no, I don't think so actually. Oh my god, it's so funny. It, I mean, it, it's like it was like it was at a time where vampires had pretty much worn out their welcome, and we were uh-huh. dying down. True Blood had ended. The Vampire Diaries was literally the only thing left on television. Yeah, um, the society moved from vampires into zombies. Uh, and now we're tired of zombies. But yeah, I know, was, I know. This came out in 2015 it. in the state, so vampires were were pretty much done. You know, we really yeah. hadn't had anything. And don't last year the only vampire movie that was in theaters was Hotel Transylvania three, <laughs> and that's just a, a wacky kids movie, so yeah, yeah. that doesn't really count. No, 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 no. But uh, but the count. Oh, oh. Uh, but there's a uh, there's like homages to different types of vampires. There's not not like a Dracula on the show, but there's like a Dracula Romanian kind of vampire. There's like a World War Two vampire. There's a Nosferatu vampire. All right. All right. The main characters will be uh, a bunch of actors I don't know. None of them is Taika, Taika, uh, Taika Watiti. Uh, it looks like he's an executive producer of the show. Most likely, probably because uh, it's he he's not going to do an American TV series. All right. So anyway, definitely worth checking out. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't get canceled and we don't have to cover it. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it eventually will be canceled, but if it has too many seasons, it'll be too long for us. Probably, maybe. Um, yeah. So Jonathan and Mina um, totally have sex, and uh, I want to know if there was a company really called the Dresden Tri-Tep, Triptech? No, yes, the Dresden Triptech is an actual thing. It is uh, – now, with the way they sh- eventually show it, it looks like a picture of Mina on three sides, you know, with uh, the centerpiece – and then the two pieces on the outside folding in to match the size of the center. So it kind of folds in on itself. The uh, Dresden Triptych is exactly that size, and 
general shape. You know, it's an altar piece that measures uh, 33 by 27.5 by 5 centimeters uh, when the wings are folded to enclose the central panel. The actual panels themselves are uh, the Virgin Mary with Child, uh, and then which is the center panel, and let's see, what did they call it? Uh, Saints Catherine and Michael and a donor uh, are on the other side of panels. And so this was actually, uh, this Dresden is the only surviving triptych identified with Jan Van Eck's uh, artwork. And uh, it was associated with the Guistiniani family of Genoa. So uh, I have a much more on that, but that's all I'll say right now. <laughs> You know, some sad news I do want to mention because Dracula, of course, uh, when you say Dracula, a lot of people think of the Universal Studios monster movies or maybe the Hammer Studios film. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the last Universal Studios monster movies that came out was in the 1950s. It was Creature from the Black Lagoon. And we lost uh, the female star of Creature from the Black Lagoon today, uh, Julia Adams. Oh, no. Yeah. She was uh, 80, 90 something years old. She uh, was a guest on the Dr. Chris Radio Horror Show four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can listen to her interview on my YouTube channel. It has over like 3,000 views, um, and uh, it's kind of sad. We also lost Dick Miller last week, too, which we didn't mention. Oh, wow. Dick Miller from yeah. uh, most of anything Joe Dante has ever made. Uh, but obviously, a lot of people remember him from Gremlins and Terminator. He was the shop, you know, the gun shop owner that Arnold steals the guns from when he goes after Sarah Connor. Um, mm -hmm. Last movie I saw him in was uh, My Dead Ex Girlfriend, which also unfortunately stars the late Anton Yelchin. Hmm. A great horror comedy uh, about a guy who whose uh, girlfriend gets killed, and he starts dating the hot goth yogurt owning. Uh, horror chick and his uh, vegan conservative uh, feminist girlfriend comes back from the dead wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> they make a little bit of a point of like okay so this is the hot chick goth horror loving yogurt girl this is the girl who is a uh, uh, animal rights vegan feminist uh, everything's wrong with everything you're saying and doing chick <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> man uh, but uh, yeah, Julia Adams unfortunately passed away. So yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, you know, it's she had a good life then. Dr uh, Grayson plays cards and loses on purpose. Yeah, uh, uh, this American who has an obsession with the old west. Yeah. Um, I don't like this scene at all. I just I think it's just kind of a bland, unimportant scene that we could have done something else with. I don't really see the point of it for his business ventures. Correct. I just thought it was a little bit too pacey. Yeah, I, it it was it was a little misplaced. Mina starts experimenting with um, Dracula's blood and almost gets whacked in the back of the head by Ben Helsing. Jeez, what the fuck? Ben Helsing was gonna kill Mina. Yeah, and then Dracula would have killed him. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Grayson almost loses his company, but decides to uh, experiment on himself and go out in the sunlight to prove that he's not a vampire. Yeah, that's definitely doubling down, because th they had not had a, su a successful run of that vaccine, and he was risking death or loss of his company, and 
really, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's willing to put it all on the line. Well, so I to, suppose he has to throw them off the scent. So yeah, and he knows that they're noticing that he's never out in the daylight. Yeah, which yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense because in the original novel, Dracula can be in the daylight. I don't think he can be in direct sunlight, but he can be in overcast or shadow. You know what I mean? Unlike, you know, like you see a scene in an Interview with the Vampire, Claudia is tiptoeing around the sunlight mm-hmm. to get to Louis' coffin. Um, Angel and Spike on Buffy did the same thing. But, uh, it, 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 like, on True Blood, if you're even awake when the sun's out, you'll start, like, bubbling up. You know what I mean? And Dracula can be out when the sun's out, but he has to be indoors. But in the novel, Dracula can be out in the daylight. Yeah. He had no aversion of sunlight. I mean... It's funny that vampires are these supernatural, powerful creatures, but God, they got a lot of hang-ups. Garlic, silver, uh, crucifixes, holy water. They can't touch running water because remember the scene in the beginning, he puts his hand underneath the running water? That's yep. something from vampire lore as well, that vampires can't put their hands into running water because it will just wash the frickin' flesh away. Yeah, yeah, and... and uh... Yeah, one trait that out of vampire lore that doesn't actually get used, and I, I would love to see this, is just the obsessiveness with counting things. Now, the other kind of funny thing is that Dracula, um, we haven't seen a lot of like Dracula's interaction with like the cross. There's a scene in My Best Friend Is a Vampire with the vampire Jeremy trying to rescue his best friend from the vampire hunter who thinks he's the vampire, uh, walks into a church. And nothing happens to him. And uh, the vampire hunter, like, puts a cross to his friend's face and says, maybe he's a Jewish vampire. <laughs> but in the uh, the comic book I have mentioned multiple times where Dracula mm-hmm. fights the X-Men, Dracula grabs Kitty Pride by the throat and her star David burns his hand. Because you must believe in it. Well, yeah, that, that's from Fright Night, though. I don't. Yeah, I know, I know. I never have seen that in anything else other than Fright Night, where you have to believe in the cross. Because all of a sudden you can start believing in God? No, that, it doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, I guess Charlie's a more devoted follower of Christ than, than Peter Vincent is, but it, it just seems like it's a little like, oh, I'll just automatically start believing in God. and, and Well, no, it doesn't have to. Like, if you take that belief to its logical conclusion, then it doesn't have to be a religious symbol. It could be just something that you personally believe in. If you personally believe in your Pomeranian is going to be your savior and your protector, then you hold up your Pomeranian and your Pomeranian will then, you know, cause the vampire to, you know, hiss and and go away. So if you take that idea that if you must believe in it and believe in it hard enough, it doesn't matter what religion you are, whatever belief that is that you have that would defend a vampire so that makes the territory of vampires really kind of um uh dangerous because really anything could could fend you off um what the play is is uh jonathan seeing what was it i didn't write it down here is it the it was at the Caesar Theater, I think it was. Yeah, I just couldn't see what the play was. Um, of course, Dracula later on then kills the uh, the main actress. Yeah, the actress. Now, this this I don't know what's going on here. In the episode, the very beginning, we have Dracula demonstrating magic. Right. So, so we're trying to get the idea into the audience's head that uh, magic is going to 
you know, illusion and and uh, in this episode there's magic, but yet when um, we get through this episode, there's Dracula is setting up Jonathan to release information about General Shaw that he is a a bribe taker and a traitor to America or to to the Crown or whatever, and. That doesn't seem to me to have a benefit to Dracula by him doing that and then allowing Jonathan to realize that he was the one that set him up, even though he told him specifically, don't publish that information, this is secret information, and yet Jonathan does it anyway. Dracula knew he was going to do that, but what purpose does it serve his business interests? That, I, I don't know, and where is the misdirection? I I I have no idea what what really is going on behind the scenes. Maybe there's something in a later episode that kind of ties this in. Um, I like Mina's boots when she's lying on the bed and Lucy tries to go for it. Of course, it unfortunately is uh, not the reception she wants, um, and she feels heartbroken about it. This is probably an all too common occurrence amongst uh, gay, lesbian, and straight people. Not just being gay, you go for it with somebody you're into. And it backfires on you, whether badly or really just like, let's just be friends. Yeah. 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 That's that's a universal problem with somebody you have feelings for that does not reciprocate them. It doesn't matter what your eth- your 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 um, sexual orientation is. That's true. So that it does nothing to do with her being a le- uh, bisexual, at least. So yeah. Um, and anyone confesses their love for you, it starts to get awkward. Um, there's a scene in the Leslie Nielsen comedy, Dracula Dead and Loving It, where he's walking in the daylight and sniffing the flowers, and he takes, like, something from a woman, and somebody, you know, says good day to him, and and, and then he runs into Renfield, and Renfield has to remind him he can't be out in the daylight, and then he starts, like, <laughs> running in slow motion and burning up. <laughs> and he's having a nightmare. <laughs> it's, it's that cartoonish, uh, if you don't know it, it's not a rule, then it doesn't affect you. Was the British Imperial a real company? Um, I believe so. But that, I don't have any information on that right now. Uh, was that the next episode? No, that's this episode. Yeah, this is this episode. Van Helsing's family is killed in front of him. Yeah, in that flashback. Yeah. And we're back with the Dead TV Podcast with episode 7. Episode 7, Mr. Zeneca has the episode synopsis for us. Uh, Episode 7, Servant to Two Masters. Originally aired January 3rd, 2014. Intoxicated by his newfound invulnerability to the daylight, Grayson dares to deny his curse and regain his humanity. Renfield is dispatched to Budapest to acquire a mysterious and long-sought-after relic on his employer's behalf. Parker discovers Grayson manipulated him into slandering General Shaw and strategizes on how to seek his revenge, eventually aiding the Order of the Dragon in compromising Grayson's demonstration of his technology. Now, if you're listening to this episode compared to the last episode, we normally record these episodes within the same night. Almost, I don't think in two years, we've ever broken the episodes up. However, I didn't have my notes for episode six, and then I found out an interesting little factoid that Mr. Zeneca is going to be in Massachusetts, where I live for a business meeting. 
and we decided to get together to record the second episode. So the audio is going to sound a lot different than if I'm in front of a boom mic and then she's on Skype where her voice is a little bit mechanical, mechanic, mechanicized, mechanicalized? Me- mechanicized? Yes. Mechanized. 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 We are actually sitting right next to each other in her hotel room in Boston, Massachusetts for the first time. For the first time. In four years that we've actually known each other because she came on the show as a guest twice to promote a big event in the horror industry. It, it, in her horror click a uh, uh, dinner that she was putting on with uh, a Halloween dinner back in 2014. And then again later on as a more of a sex education instructor. And then we started the podcast. But in those four to five years now, actually this is 2019, so five years, we've never met before never in person. Met. Only had this business relationship on uh, the internet. So this is the first recording, and hopefully we'll do it again sometime in the future for the Adams family, uh, that we're actually together in the same room for. So this is quite unique. And there'll be photos up on the Facebook channel, uh, Facebook page, uh, the Dead TV podcast, as well as the, uh, uh, what's the photo site? Instagram, Instagram of us, uh, together recording. So, uh, thank you for tuning into the Dead TV podcast First live recording between both hosts. <laughs> um, back to the episode at hand. So this episode's like night and day compared to the other one. The other one was very, very boring. This one was pretty action-packed, with the exception of Renfield going to acquire a painting, which was like done in and out. Yeah, it, it was a very simple transaction for him, actually. Yeah, because nobody in in, uh, in uh, that time period, 1897, is going to... Uh, Pay a million dollars for a million, million dollars. A million dollars. A million dollars. Wow. That's an incredible amount of money for a painting of uh, his dead ex-wife. Especially... Dead late wife. Especially in 1890. I mean, that type of money would be probably about like five million at least today. 1897. 1897. Yeah, still, you know, 1890s. It's like the the amount of money that one million dollars is back then is astoundingly high. Yeah, and uh, it was stolen from his father's castle, um, and he didn't care about everything else that was stolen, but he wants that painting back because long before we had photography. Um, well, photography was becoming a thing, excuse me, at this time, because uh, the first photograph was during the Civil War. Yes. And it was the first time we'd ever had depictions of war in a newspaper, and the first president who was ever photographed was Abraham Lincoln. The photograph wasn't as used quite, you know, 400 years ago when Dracula's wife was killed, so this is the only thing he has of her. Um, yes, the actual depiction of his late wife. Have they tried to take a picture of Dracula in the show yet? No, they have not. Okay. Although they, in this episode, they did show him having a reflection in the mirror. Yes. In the novel, he does have a reflection in the mirror. Yes. But the other vampires earlier in this show uh, did not have reflections. There was a thing in uh, one form of media of Dracula, I can't remember what it was, and I definitely know it was Dracula, that the vampire had nothing but gold plated stuff oh it was an episode of the real ghostbusters the ghost it wasn't dracula the ghostbusters go to a castle to help a guy stop some uh demons from attacking 
and they notice there's no silver anywhere. It's yeah. all gold. There's no reflections. There's no mirrors. And Egon figures out their host is a vampire. Yeah. But he is a good vampire, and he needs the Ghostbusters' help. And he does turn into a horrible-looking bat-like demon thing, but he's the one who actually is being terrorized yeah. by somebody. And it's kind of cool, because the Ghostbusters don't know whether or not they can trust this guy. I think, I think <laughs> you can find the, the real Ghostbusters on Hulu now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, so Dracula works on his machine. The Caesar Theater is the uh, playhouse that Jonathan went to. A doll, a dollhouse is the name of the play. Okay. You, you didn't have any information about a dollhouse. A dollhouse? Yeah. No. As a play. As a play. Let me check. So the play that Jonathan went to just before Dracula shows up, because he realized Jonathan finds out that the woman who gave him the information about General Shaw is not a real informant. She was an actress who we saw Dracula kill at the end of the episode because Dracula wants to set up General Shaw. And the play that uh, he saw, which I was questioning uh, previously, um, is at the Caesar Theater, and it's called A Dollhouse. So A Doll's House, uh, the a play... Doll's a Doll's House, yeah. Uh, the play that she was performing at the time uh, is an actual play, and it w- is a three-act play written by oh, Norway's uh, Norway's Henrik Ibsen. Uh, it, pre- it premiered at the Royal Theater in Copenhagen, Denmark, on December twenty-first, eighteen seventy-nine. So it is exactly within that time frame of the show. Excellent. Um, so Jonathan finds out, as uh, Mrs. Zeneca points out in the, uh, sorry, read in the beginning of the synopsis of the episode, that uh, Dracula set up um, the general and has been playing him because he wants his electricity device to work the way he wants it to. And Jonathan just has to kind of go with it because he's now working for Dracula and implicate him as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still confused about like what the purpose is of all this. You know, why is General Shaw's demise and setting up Jonathan so important? You know, we had the last episode with the misdirection and the magic and um, probably leading up to this episode where the Dresden triptych is basically, you know, done this whole switcheroo with the maid. Um, But that makes sense. It's just why would he need to make Jonathan believe that he's the bad guy in this situation. I, I don't yet understand. Maybe it'll come clear later. I'm not sure. It has been about six years since I've watched these episodes. I don't remember, and I don't know if it's revealed in season one or not, but uh, we immediately get to the fact that uh, the Order of the Dragon wants to bring in Jonathan Harker. Now, does Dracula know that the Order wants Jonathan? I don't know yet. But uh, Jonathan is kidnapped and brought before the Order of the Dragon, and uh, they want information out of him about, you know, what's been going on with the Ottomans. Yes. Not Dracula, but the Ottomans. Um, because they have not yet said that they know that the vampire, the master vampire, is Count Dracula. They don't have that quite, that information just yet. Dracula gets his object, uh, his objection, he, Dracula gets his injection again, and uh, is abstaining from blood, but he's able to walk around in the daylight and runs into Mina on a bike. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet little scene. You know, he kind of hangs out in the in the park waiting for her, and on time she arrives, uh, as if he was stalking her calendar, which he is. Um, and then they have this nice little chat, walking her bicycle in the park. And it's the worst written dialogue I've ever heard, where he's just like, oh, it's a sin to waste such a day and 
other things that are just I didn't even bother writing down because they were such. It, oh, it was it was a little inane. Oh my god, the dialogue is so painful to listen to. Well, because he's trying to be so sweet, and uh, it's it's coming off so saccharine. It he overplays it, and I don't know if uh, Jonathan Reese Myers is doing this on purpose as the character of Grayson the American versus when he is Count Dracula and he is cutthroat, evil, and like just diabolical with with what he's planning on doing. Mm-hmm. He wants the uh he wants the uh the wireless electricity thing to basically just pump money into his bank account and at the same time he is doing everything in his power to win over Mina in friendship so when when uh when Jonathan's when, demise eventually falls or betrayal or something. something happens or whatever she will go running in his arms willingly so then when it's time for her for him to for them to consummate, he can probably reveal his secret to her, and she'll be like, oh, that's fine. We all have our problems. Yeah. <laughs> Yours is drinking blood. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, to, to put to a point to it, like, where is Grayson getting all his money? If his machine old, isn't actually working... Old, uh, old, old, I mean, he's, he's the... Yeah, but you don't have to be an actual uh, rich person to have a royal title. Uh, but most likely, I mean, it's just old money. Just old money that when he was buried, it was kind of still there. You know, he's got a business, but... Well, he's killed a lot of people and stolen out a lot of money. If I was a vampire, that's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, it could also have been like the Count of Monte Cristo, where he gets a map or whatever to a vast fortune and then just becomes rich overnight, which is what the Count of Monte yeah. Cristo did. Yeah, Or, uh, you know, um, Andy Dupre in the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah. the, the similarities between Andy Dupre, the, Shawshank, uh, the, the Count of Monte Cristo, and Dracula are very similar. In this instance, in yes. this incident, he was a he was a man of power. He loses. He is entombed. He is entrapped. He is in prison uh-huh. for a number of years, hundreds of years, or a decade, or a couple decades. Um, and he gets out. He gets it back, and he seeks revenge on his enemies. I mean, they literally followed the Count of Monte Cristo storyline more than it seems they followed Dracula's storyline. I would actually agree because there's barely any Dracula in here. Like, if you did not have the Dracula names for the characters, this would be a completely legitimate, just a vampire story, and, and it would be fine. And that's fine, because we don't need Dracula's tale told again and again and again and again. If you just want to take the basic characters and stretch the Dracula storyline out or whatever, I am totally fine with that, because we haven't introduced Arthur Homewood and any of those characters yet, because we're only in, stuff, we're in a single season, because of the show get, getting cancelled, so... Um, so Dracula then goes and sees a good old Smurfette and bangs her <laughs> from yep. behind too because they in are the in, daylight. A, in the daylight. So he went and, see, and saw Mina and then he goes to Lady Jane and, you know, bangs it out with her just to prove to her again that he's not a vampire by, you know, fucking her in the daylight. Every time he's with Mina or sees Mina, he goes and fucks Smurfette. That's just because he's getting so turned on. He can't help it. Yeah, and they do it in the uh, the uh, the doggy style position. She is in that position. By the way, when she's in the mirror and like talking to him, uh-huh. notice how completely like just barely out of view her her nipples are. Of course, you would say that. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that because it's on NBC at ten o'clock at night, if this was ABC, sorry, if this was like Showtime or HBO, yeah, she would have just like yeah, totally walked, off. yeah, naked. Uh, which the actress probably was, because she is completely naked from behind. So that actress had no problem with nudity at all. 
except for the fact that it was on NBC. I approve. Yes. I, <laughs> well, me, so, absolutely. Drax starts his campaign to show everyone his electrical uh, steampunk convention works as he plasters the city, littering the streets of London. <laughs> yeah. You know, great uh, marketing, you know, for his machine. Um, but the policeman, the head police chief, is on the take. Didn't think about taking it out and added a newspaper saying, hey... <laughs> Maybe he did because <laughs> we didn't exactly have a, we had I don't think radio had been quite invented yet or was no. on the cusp of becoming an invention. <laughs> so, so yeah, he papers the city. He probably took out an ad in the newspaper because that was you know the thing to do back then. Um, as um, we said, Renfield gets the auction painting for a, for a million dollars. Yes, uh, which is stolen by the maid. So the order of the uh, dragon actually um, puts up the policeman to poison. A uh, milk cart that was right by Grayson's uh, machine, you know, display. Mm-hmm. So, so this policeman's on the take, and you know, later that uh, that comes into play with everyone getting sick and the policeman declaring that this is a, a, a public health emergency and they need to shut down everything. Um, but we, but before we get to that part, you know, his eventual machine turning on. Um, Lucy and uh, Smurfette have a little, you know, lunch with tea and uh, flirtation and more of, you know, Lady Jane trying to get Lucy to uh, loosen up a little bit. Open up her inner, bis- her inner bisexuality more. And Lucy admits to being a virgin. That's very strange, considering in the book Lucy is like... Okay, so if we're... This is what we're led to believe... Mina has lost her virginity to Jonathan Harker because it's clear that they that the that they the, totally did they, yes. they they were they were they had sex. Mina is most likely a virgin leading up to that. Jonathan, I'm just going to assume so because I don't remember him mentioning being with anyone else before Mina. Uh, so they lose their virginity to each other. But in the novel, Lucy is banging guys left and right. She yeah. is the playgirl of that story. She is. That you know she she is you know of wealth and promiscuous. I mean that that begs me the question like what did she tell the fencer that would motivate him to win the competition? Like I thought she was promising you know Anal. a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only I'm only reminded I only say that because I I had just watched uh, not until the teen movie and there's a scene where. Um, forget the actress's name, but the stepbrother is played by the uh, very young Chris Evans, future Captain America, Chris Evans, and he uh, his stepsister says to him, why is it every time I tell guys they can do whatever they want to me, they just always want to stick, it, stick it in my, my ass? ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his black friend's like, damn, that is whack! Because <laughs> that's his token, like, he's supposed to say, like, black yep. character phrases in a yeah. movie. So, I, I, I assume it was something incredibly naughty, not, you will take my cherry... I guess, again, in 1897, it's a big fucking deal to be like, oh, I'm going to give myself to you outside of marriage. I mean, she could have promised a blowjob. I guess so. I mean, could have. I don't I, I don't know. But he seemed very enthused by the offer, whatever it was. Because it's NBC, we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> Not unless we ask that actress. <laughs> what did you whisper in the episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, the actress won't know that. No, no. I mean, I could probably get an interview with her because I'm on Warner Brothers' mailing list for stuff or whatever, and she's on Supergirl. So, um, so yeah, Lucy is a virgin. That's kind of um, unusual. Van Helsing is very concerned for Dracula's well-being. Mina, uh, uh, there's a line I did write down that Smurfette says to Lucy. 
uh, Mina is afraid of her own desires, basically trying to coax her into believing that Mina is really a bisexual, and she just doesn't want to admit it, because every woman must be bisexual at least. That's that's what she's been tra- telling Lucy, and that's not entirely true. No, Mina is 100% straight. Yeah. She... Until she becomes a vampire, then she, everything's open game. <laughs> <laughs> Which in Dracula the Undead, the sequel written by Dacry, Dakar Stoker, uh-huh. uh, Dracula's, uh, sorry, Dracula, Bram Stoker's great-great-grandnephew, um, that happens. Oh. It takes place in the 1920s. Uh, Lucy and Jonathan are in their 40s, Dracula is alive, and the play based on Bram Stoker's novel is about to debut, and Dracula wants to put a stop to it because of, like, you know, its stupidity, as he calls it. Okay. And their son, uh, Quincy Harker, um, you know, doesn't understand why his parents are, like, getting divorced. Like, what is the secret of their past that they're not willing to share with him? You know, and of course it's, you know, what happened in the first novel. So, but, uh, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read it, Mina goes with Dracula at the end of the novel. Yeah. After Jonathan is killed. In a very, um, cannibal holocaust kind of way, if you've seen that poster. I have. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um, so there's a reason why he's called Vlad the Impaler. Yep, yep. Uh, Mina gets the hospital ready for the dance and asks to borrow the, uh, record player from Dracula, but Dracula decides to, uh, give a... A, a, throw a party for her, missing his uh, unveiling because he's more interested in seducing Mina than getting his uh, multi-million dollar steampunk invention working correctly. Yeah, he hires, what is it, like a five-piece uh, orchestra to play the band? Right, and then he also asks one of the sick uh, patients to dance. Yeah. It looks like she has cancer probably since her head is covered. Um and uh, he's very like, <gasps> yeah, know, very like lively when he does it, which is, which again is supposed to throw off that he is possibly this, you know, evil person, or that I, his 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 attraction to Mina, I like just to obscure that. I do not like John Reese Myers in that type of like, <laughs> I, I just it it looks so fake when he dances with her. I I have to I have to agree. It, it's definitely a show. That he's putting on. Where does Lucy uh, touch Jonathan? His inseam. <laughs> yeah, the camera immediately pans up to his reaction. They're like her running her the uh, the measuring the tape, measuring up, his tape up to his crotch. Yeah, that that type of move, which would have seduced a man that was not already involved, mm. um, but he just got some from Mina, so he's like, "What the." fuck are you doing yeah that um uh, we'll we'll get back to that in another episode coming up soon so don't worry yeah um uh so after the jonathan is let go and mina dances with dracula and dracula has to go run off to deal with his um you know being late for his big meeting with his uh investors and such uh jonathan didn't show up at the the dance for mina she's got a look on her face like oh you weren't here for me disappointment yeah. Well, I mean, all through this, all through the show, Jonathan has been less than supportive, mm. has uh, turned down all of Mina's suggestions, uh, doesn't really care so much about the wedding. Uh, it, it seems that if she got involved in this relationship and, and actually got married, she would kind of be in her own prison of Jonathan's design. Yeah. Dracula's machine makes people sick, apparently. That's what we're led to believe. Led to believe, but it's really just poisoned milk. Correct. This reminds me of an episode of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Lex Luthor uses a machine 
to um to uh so so he basically it, it keeps getting hot in metropolis and a scientist theorizes that every time it superman uses his powers the heat rises and Lex Luthor is actually using a machine to increase the heat in the city. I don't know how you do this. Uh, <laughs> it's comic books. It's stupid. Like, it's that's stu- why I don't watch the show. But uh, this is like an old, old, like, nine, this is the Lois and Clark from the 90s. Yeah, still, still, I don't, it, it, I don't watch any Superman because the plot lines are inevitably stupid. That that was kind of a stupid one. Yes. Uh, but that's that's what that's what this kind of reminds me of. Oh, that machine must have caused all of these things. Even those two things can't possibly be connected. One, so electricity is making a woman throw up blood. What? Yeah. No. no was no. she okay? Yeah, maybe if she was struck by the electricity, I would believe that. The machine wasn't even on. No. So unfortunately, this is the dirty cop, and Dracula kills him. So he finally gets some blood because he's been abstaining. Yeah. He, he, throughout this whole episode, because he's been abstaining from the blood, he's got uh, these almost fantasy visions of him vamping out and attacking people. Like Nina, when he yeah. dances with her. And, uh, you know, one thing that we, though, didn't mention... But, but you know... Oh, yes. Go ahead. Uh, the vampire rat. Yes, Mina's experiment. Um, also, the reason why Dracula's abstaining from blood is because he's getting his injections... And in order to walk in the daylight with his injections, he can't seem to drink blood. I don't know if he can't. He just won't. Oh, okay. I thought he, maybe he, the two were connected. He wants to live life as a man again. And so he wants to turn away from his um, monster uh, proclivities. Uh, so he wants to be a man in all forms, and drinking blood is kind of not within that. But he needs it because he starts shaking, he's getting even more pale than he usually is, which is a, a feat in and of itself. It, in the movie Near Dark, how do the vampires cure themselves? Near Dark? Yeah, the Catherine Bigelow movie from the 80s starring uh, Bill Paxton. Ooh, uh, it's been a long time since I watched that. How did they do it? Blood transfusion. Oh. Cured. Interesting. Yeah. It wouldn't work, but interesting. <laughs> well, in a, in another uh, movie involving uh, like a curse of some kind that's usually supernatural related called Boy Eats Girl, it's a Scottish zombie movie, which is really good, I believe. Uh, this mother is a archaeologist, and she discovers like this ancient thing about zombies. Switch over to Scotland, where her son's going to high school, and zombie outbreak happens. He gets bitten, and his mother like gets information to him up to... Uh, She's found the cure for zombies, you know, in this ancient, like, text or whatever. Mm -hmm. As long as he does not kill or eat anybody, you know, he can abstain, you know, keep the... The bloodlust. The bloodlust from from happening. A bite from a rattlesnake in the wound will cure you. So you couldn't have died and you can't have eaten anybody yet. Otherwise, the transformation will be Oh, what bullshit. So if you just get a bite in the arm and you can live... Probably why I don't remember that movie. (laughs) I thought that was a very clever way to cure zombies. No... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> snake venom is completely different than any sort of, you know, viral interaction of a zombie, you know, thing. I thought it was the most original way to come up with like a, a cure for zombification. I never heard of it in a movie because you, most of the time you can't cure being a zombie unless it's like in Resident Evil and you get the cure for the T virus. The weirdest thing about that is every time I'm bitten by a zombie, I'm playing Resident Evil Two right now, um, and, re- and and zombies and vampires have so a lot in common. Uh, every time I'm bitten by a zombie or whatever, all I do is, oh, I'm better now. I'm sprayed out. Oh, right no. Yeah. 
<laughs> Whereas, like, you watch the Resident Evil movies or The Walking Dead, you're bitten by a zombie, that's it, you're done. <laughs> Unless you're fast enough and you take off the limb. You know, right. You know, because it is a a viral infection. It's a bloodborne infection. Unfortunately, that does not uh, always work. Uh, the 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 microscopic level eventually the the virus comes back yes. up. Yeah. Uh, it happened to uh, in the um, in the comic book the character um, one of the characters uh, chopped his leg off or whatever, and mm-hmm. like some cannibals ate him or whatever. Yeah, that and, was. Uh, uh... It's not the black guy Ben. It's the no, old no. man from season two. Who yeah, got with killed. the fisherman hat. Yes, who actually lasted longer. The only reason he got killed off as quickly as he did is because he was a friend of Frank Darabont and he was the showrunner. And when Darabont got fired, everyone connected to him was like, "You've got to get killed." Dale, off. Dale, Dale, Dale. Yeah, because Dale was in a relationship with Andrea. Yep. 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 Much better in the comic books. <laughs> I I preferred the comic books, but yeah. the show was good until. Seven season. We will never ca- cover The Walking Dead. It's no, too long. Too long. But that's it for this episode of the Dead TV Podcast, uh, recorded live together. Not live. You're not going to listen to a live. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but you, we are together again. Yes. For, for the first for the time first ever. Time. Um, you can check us out on the Dead TV Podcast Facebook page, as well as uh, send us an email at radiohar at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at Christy SAV, elegantly kinky, if you're a business or if you have some type of project you would like to promote with the Dead TV Podcast, you can send us an email at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. And we'll be back in two weeks with two episodes, the, the episodes eight and nine, because episode ten will have a extra special something that we're going to record here tonight for the Dead TV Podcast. So come back next week. Thank you, everybody. Thanks.